You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics faith in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's show is going to focus on Lent, how it is celebrated in the Latin Rite, how we celebrate it in our Chaldean Rite, and also how we as Catholics, why we have Lent and why it is important. Now, there's no right or wrong in each tradition, in each rite, but they have their own traditions. And we're going to talk about a few of those traditions today. And to help me do that, I have a guest. I'll introduce him in a moment. But before I do that, uh, my guest and I were talking about the perfect Bible quote or quotes for this topic. And this, these, this, this is the, the Bible verses that, were, that are read on the first Sunday of Lent. And the first one is uh, Matthew 3, and it talks about the baptism. And the other one is Matthew 4, which talks about the temptation of Jesus Christ. And we'll, we'll tie them in together in a moment. But I want to read first from Matthew 3, chapters, or chapters, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. And it goes, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Now, it's very important, that little verse right there. This is my beloved son, who I am well pleased with, right? Now, let's jump to the temptation of Jesus Christ. So, it's Matthew 4, and I want to read um, verses 1 to 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days, hence the 40 days, and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I think those are two beautiful Bible verses. And again, we read those at the, uh, the first week of Lent or the first Sunday of Lent. And to help me get everything together, put all the pieces together for what we're going to talk about. I have a guest with me today, um, a good friend of mine. His name is Paul Carmel. Paul, thank you for joining us today. For sure. Thanks. Paul, you have a philosophy degree, right? From Sacred Heart uh, Seminary? Yeah, I went to Sacred Heart Seminary. I got my uh, philosophy degree there. Uh, I had a couple of years of theology, um, but I uh, changed paths and I... Uh, I'm, became a lawyer. I'm a lawyer now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, right? It's a little different. No, but Paul, you and I were talking about the two Bible verses earlier, and you had mentioned how um, you know it speaks to you, especially during this Lentil season. Yeah. You know, I, I gave you these Bible verses, and you would think that they're disconnected uh, and that they are um, like, like kind of like one about his baptism and then a separate one about his temptation. But actually... The, this reading is, it's actually a one continuous reading. So Matthew, the, the chapter about the baptism ends, and then it begins with the temptation at the next chapter. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and this reading is actually the first reading for the uh, first Sunday of Lent in the Chaldean Church. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I think that this uh, reading is... is um, it kind of touches on the human condition to me. So I don't know, personally, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, this word that God the Father says to 
Jesus, his son, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then immediately after, Jesus goes into the desert and is tempted by the devil. And what does the devil say each, at each temptation? If you are the son of God, X. If you are the son of God, Y. If you are the son of God, Z. And so uh, G, the devil's temptation to Jesus is to make him doubt that very word that God the Father gave him, telling him, you are my beloved son. And the devil's directly going against that saying, uh, uh, well, if you are the son of God, it makes you make you as a person question. Well, well, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not the son of God. Maybe there's maybe there's something wrong with, with the way. Maybe I'm not pleasing God. Um, and you know, when we talk about like original sin and concupiscence and our you know human nature is kind of bent towards. You know, we have a one side of us wants to do good, one side of us wants to do bad. There's this like battle within us. I think personally, I think all sin kind of is rooted in this this perception we have of ourselves that we are not quite uh, the son of God or child of God, that we're we're a little little um, flawed. Yeah, we're a little flawed. Perfect, and that's what the devil comes and he says to us. Uh, well, if you are the son of God, wouldn't he do this for you? If you are the son of God, wouldn't he do that for you? Right. Um, and, 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 and makes us doubt. And really, I mean, listen, everyone who sins, they, they don't sin because they want to be bad. They, they're sinning because, you know, in, the, in that moment, you know, it's a little bit better to sin than it is to, to be strong. Um, a little more convenient, whatever it is. And uh, uh, I think that, that, and all that comes from like an insecurity of, of not feeling secure in your relationship with God, in yourself, uh, in who he made you, which is his son. Uh, and remember, by baptism, we participate in Jesus's baptism. So by our baptism, we become sons of God. And look where Jesus sits now as, as a human being. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is God. And we have participated in that, in that divinity almost. Um, as his, as as the father's son, uh, by baptism, and so that very temptation that the devil is getting, you know, uh, strikes at with Jesus is really the temptation that he gives to us to make us feel like we are we are unworthy, we are flawed, we are weak. There's something wrong with us, and uh, I think what God is trying to tell us in our lives uh, is that no, you are my beloved son, just the way you are, you know, right. Um, and, and, and I think that ties perfectly into what our topic is because, you know, part of Lent is that, is, is for us to renew ourselves in Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, exactly. And how do we do that? Well, we're going to talk about that right now. So, uh, you know, you and I are going to discuss a little bit about the Latin rite, how they celebrate Lent, and then how we, as in the Chaldean rite, how we celebrate Lent. Now, again, I mentioned this. They're just different traditions. Both are correct. Both are pointing in the right direction course right but something amazing that in lent in general is the fasting you talked about temptation right and how the devil gets to us in that way and i i, I believe that um in fasting and you know doing lent that it strengthens us as christians as catholics to be able to fight back in those temptations right so like if i give up something that i desire for example chocolate I gave up chocolate this year, right? That's one of the things I gave up. In me fighting that temptation 
if I can train myself to fight that temptation and not always go to it whenever I want it because it's so easy and so accessible, like like sin, for example, mm-hmm. then I can possibly, hopefully, work on myself when there's time to sin that I can say to myself, you know, I'm strong enough now to fight this temptation, so that's why I'm not going to. And hopefully, that, that could be something that we fight for or we work towards during Lent, a transformation of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And also, we do fast because we want to be more like Jesus and Jesus fasted and that is for 40 days that's why we do it for 40 days now of course we talked about this earlier um, fasting is just one part of Lent mm-hmm. right there's also almsgiving is giving back of yourself now it could be monetary it could be physically it could be you know something where you help or teach or do something right that's part of almsgiving you're giving back and then obviously the, one of the, my favorite ways is prayer and people always say like, oh, okay, what did you give up for Lent? And I always tell them, listen, there's more than just, just giving up for Lent, something for Lent. Mm-hmm. Why not just say like, what are you going to do mm-hmm. during Lent? For example, are you going to like, hey, I want to pray the rosary every single day. Or, you know, for example, right now what I'm doing, and I, I know a lot of people with with um, with ECRC, they're doing the the consecration to St. Joseph during, oh, yeah. during, the, during, during the Lentil season. So those are just a few things, yeah. right? And you know, our religion is not a religion. It's not like religions of old, uh, like Judaism and even Islam today, uh, where, you know, you do one thing, it's like almost like like an exchange, uh, a transaction. You yeah. do this good thing and- they give you this uh, Yes, exactly. And God isn't like that. And that's why what Jesus came to make us think critically about God and our relationship with him. That's why he calls him father, you know, not, not master. I mean, it, it, there are other titles for God, but this is the only time he's called, uh, uh, been called in a relationship way like that father. So it's not like, okay, I gave up chocolate and every time I give up chocolate and I resist the temptation, I'm getting, you know, grace or some reward points. Yeah, in heaven. Yeah. You know, and uh, really that's not what it's about. Uh, our religion is about, about, Listen, Jesus is the most perfect man, and 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 we have the ability to attain perfection that way. You know, uh, the scriptures say, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." Is perfect. So, in in these uh, exercises of Lent, prayer, almsgiving, fasting, what the church wants us to do is become a more perfect, more whole, more more well-rounded person. It's not just about you know I did this and I got these brownie points in heaven. That's not what it is. And if that's if that's what the the point is, that's how you look at it. You know you have a really really uh, basic understanding of of faith. And listen, I mean everyone comes in at their own at their own pace and their own way. They're all able to encounter God. Maybe that works for some people. But you know over time you should you should I I think you should have a little more uh, uh, a little more wholesome sort of. Uh, uh, genuine relationship with your with with your with god and 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 trying to trying to exercise uh lent in that way um but yeah so so uh, our our season in the well you know in, in lent we we fast for 40 days 40 the, days yeah right in both in the latin rite and in in our chaldean rite uh, and they do it kind of different. We count it differently. So, you know, in the Latin Rite, they start Lent on... Fat Tuesday. After, Tuesday. after, <laughs> yeah. after Pujkis. <laughs> Fat Tuesday can... is not a... <laughs> right. It's not part of the... But after that, then It's Lent not a starts. feast day. <laughs> right. <laughs> not that kind of feast day. Um, but yeah, so they start on Ash Wednesday. Um, and, you know, and, and 
they remember, you know, from from ashes, uh, from from dust to dust, uh, you know, ashes to dust ashes. Dust who shall return, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, uh, and so on, they begin on Ash Wednesday, and 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 their approach to Lent, you can see from the, their first day of Lent like that, the Latin rite come, comes to it at more of a somber, penitential, right. sad sort of uh, mournful, mournful, yeah, attitude towards yeah. Lent. Um, and and uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's there's something very beautiful about that too. I mean, listen, I, I, I love Ash Wednesday. It's actually kind of cool. You I've walk had around it many times. Yeah. You yeah. go to the gym, you see people with like stuff on you their forehead. Yeah. It, right? It's a little bit of community. Right. You know, there's something nice about it. I also heard, remember one priest always saying, uh, the busiest days of church when you give away something for free. <laughs> so people love Ash Wednesday. They love Palm Sunday. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's something that helps us identify as Catholics. You know, there's something we're all doing together. Uh, uh, and, and Ash Wednesday is, is, is you know, uh, respected for that reason. And I think that this, the, the symbolism of, of the uh, ashes is to, to show that I am mourning with you. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm somber with you. Exactly. So a lot of our listeners don't know this, but Paul, do you know where the uh, ashes come from? Yeah, so the ashes come from the palm leaves from the year before on Palm Sunday. Correct. And they'll yeah. burn them out of, you know, respect for the palms. Uh, and and use those ashes for for uh, uh, Ash Wednesday, and I think also with with, the, with Ash Wednesday, you know that whole from dust you came to dust you shall return. Like we're all gonna perish one day, and yeah. it just it just shows us that that you 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 know you're not more than what you think, right? Yeah. You could up, so you can be that way when you make it to eternal salvation mm-hmm. to heaven. But right now, this is just nothing. This is earth, yeah. right? And I, I made you from dust, and dust you shall yeah. return. Yeah. So people think about that. Oh, look, I'm all powerful, but you're not. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you're not going to the grave with your money or your car or anything. We're all, right. It's the great equalizer. You know, we're all the same in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's buried the same exact yeah. way. Um, so we were talking about a few lentil practices that uh, we as Chaldean Catholics actually adopted from the Latin Rite. And you had mentioned a few that, or one specifically that I, I never knew we had adopted that from. I thought we were always doing that from the beginning. Oh yeah. So uh, really big in our church and we observe it like Sunday mass is, is uh, stations of the cross on Fridays. Yeah. So stations of the cross are a, a great way for someone to think about, and, and again, it comes from this Latin sort of uh, penitential approach to Lent, uh, mourning approach of, of the Stations of the Cross. And we go, come to... And Fri- By your cross, you have healed the world. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. And Friday, again, is the day Jesus died. So it's a day where we come and remember uh, the Stations of the Cross, the Stations of Jesus, Jesus' suffering and death. Um, and, and, uh, and we observe that on, on Fridays. Our church also has its own observation for uh, for Fridays of Lent. Uh, it kind of tells you, you know, all, all the churches, wherever the tradition came from, you know, even though they've been separated by thousands of miles and thousands of years even, um, that they, they all kind of have this common sort of source, which is the apostles. And that that even in our church, you know, Fridays the, in the in the prayers of the church, uh, you know, a lot of times we're not uh, getting to to hear them uh, anymore. But but uh, even on Fridays of Lent, our church has has its own prayers, more intense prayers for for remembering uh, uh, that day as the day Jesus' uh, suffering and death. So you know, one thing that I, and I want to talk a little bit now about uh, a few of the traditions that we have in the Chaldean Rite. For Lent, something that I've always been fascinated by, and I, I, I love it that 
a lot of our prayers are very ancient prayers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they were written many, many, many years ago, obviously ago. And yeah. they're still the same prayers that we pray till today. Yeah, exactly. And they have such strong meaning behind it. And we'll talk about a few of those prayers when we talk about uh, the different um, sections that we're talking uh, about line or Holy Week. Um, I actually printed one out that I wanted to go over a few lines of it that we do on, what is it, uh, Saturday of Light. Mm-hmm. Right, so something that we'll talk about when we talk about Holy Week, how we as Chaldean Catholics um, label the, the the Holy Week days a little differently than, than than the Latin rite. But before we get into that, so we talked about why we don't fa- so we don't fast on Sunday. It's not a requirement, right? Yeah. So there, there's three reasons behind the why we don't fast on Sundays. One, Sunday is uh, a day of a rejoicing, right? It's a right. feast. It's considered a feast day. Every Sunday is considered a feast day because yeah. it's the day of the resurrection. It's the day of the resurrection. Yeah. So we, so technically speaking, fasting is a considered a, a penitential exercise, yeah. right? And it's more mournful. Yeah. And we don't want to do that on Sundays, right? right? And again, how many days did Jesus fast for? Jesus fasted for forty days. So why are we going to go above and beyond? Yeah. It's an old tradition that we as Cal, uh, Chaldean Catholics do, did, where we would. But now we realize more that Sundays are not a requirement. Yeah. Hence. You and I were doing you and I were doing the counting earlier yeah. of how we get to the forty days, right? Yeah. So if you go from, so our church kind of views uh, like the Holy Thursday or as we call it uh, Passover Thursday till till Easter Sunday, uh, kind of views that almost like as its own. It's like it's such a high holy part like season of the church. It's almost considered its own season. So when we start Lent on a Sunday. Uh, the first Sunday, not the fasting though. Yeah. The fasting starts on that Monday Monday. before Ash Wednesday. Uh, when you start, when we start Lent on, on that Sunday till the last Sunday of Lent, which we call Palm Sunday, um, we get 36 days of fasting and then up till Holy Thursday gets us to the 40 days. And then from Holy Thursday till Easter Sunday is kind of like its own, own observed sort of, uh, three days of mourning, uh, until Easter Sunday, where we celebrate, you know, the the, the great uh, feast, and then you counted the thirty six without using the Sundays, correct? without using the Sundays, correct? Yes. That's, so that's how we got. To, so that's yeah. how we technically get the forty days. Yeah, correct? exactly. And l- listen, like if you, if someone wants to fast on Sunday, that's great, you know. But you, do, I don't. I mean, I don't think. You know, listen to your priest. Don't listen to me. But I don't think you have to fast on Sunday. The think, priest said it themselves. Yeah, yeah. So right. you know, I mean, if you're giving up some sin, maybe you shouldn't do it on Sunday. But <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> something like something like that. But for example. Example: If you're gonna give up something food-wise, yeah. or whatever it may be, yeah. like you know, yeah. not not a sinful habit, yeah, it's okay. Don't go exactly. super indulge yourself yeah. in it. Then you're just you're going the now you're going into gluttony. Exactly. And you know what I think uh, personally? I, I think when pe- when we look at these things like too legalistic, I mean, I think Jesus came to to do away with this kind of uh, legalistic view the of law. Right? Yeah, the he, law. He told the he told yeah. the Pharisees all the time, "You you honor me with your lips." Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like to to. To come and be so technical. Oh, I can't. I can't do this on Sunday, or I can do it, or oh no, I gave this up. But but Wait, is there sugar in this? Yeah, oh, I can't have exactly. it. exactly. And but like when you do that, you're being rude to your your host, or you're being rude to someone who prepared dinner for you. And like oh, but I gave this up, and and okay, well all that food goes to waste. I don't know. I I, I personally, I think I think again, God is more forgiving than that. I don't think he's I so agree. technical, and I, I don't agree. think that's that's like what he wants you to do in order to make you go to heaven. Be you you know, be rude and miserable and But whatever. I gave up fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I gave up meat on Fridays. Yeah. I ate fish. So, you know, listen, yeah. when we give things up, we do it for, for us, not for to make other people suffer. Right. Um, 
and and it's 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 for us to kind of uh, exercise our our control, our passions, and and. Uh, exercise that self-restraint when it's needed. And then there's other times where it is okay to celebrate with someone, you know, it is okay to, to kind of indulge when, the, when the day is right or whatever it is, uh, Sundays, or even if something, if someone's getting married on a, I don't know who, who gets on married. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, seriously. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, sometimes we gotta, we can't, we can't be, again, we can't be so, so legalistic about things because I, I just don't think that's the way, the way God works. So well, it's funny you said that because, um, my birthday is March 29th. Yeah. And many times, Holy Week, yeah. Good Friday, oh. they all fall <laughs> Maybe on, Good Friday you right. shouldn't celebrate. All that. <laughs> yeah. But they, they fall on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. My mom's like, you know, like, Mom, I, you know, and every year I give up chocolate because I'm a chocoholic. <laughs> but, um, and my wife will tell you guys that. So, but, and I'm like, you know, I like chocolate mousse yeah. cakes, obviously. Yeah. So she's like, it's okay. It's your birthday. <laughs> Jesus don't care. I'm like, okay, I'll eat a cake. And you eat cake on your birthday, right? Because yeah. every year, my birthday falls oh, man. during the Holy Week or yeah, something, yeah. you know, during during Lent. Yeah. Never fails. I thought I had a bad because my birthday falls in August, so summer. So every time when I was in school, uh, yeah. they would never, never celebrate my birthday. Cupcake. Yeah, 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 I never yeah. got my you cupcake. Never got cupcake. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. You didn't miss it. Well, nowadays, you can't even take them to school anymore. Um, no, but so something we had talked about earlier with with, with our church, uh, so with our tradition, with the with the Chaldean rite, uh, the way our liturgical can, uh, calendar is split up is was seven seasons, right? And every yeah. season has seven weeks in them, correct? Exactly, and that's yeah. why we do we celebrate the Lent the way we do. Yeah, exactly. So you know, like Chaldean tradition, you got to remember also we we have this like our people come from this this community of astronomers you know uh these babylonians these assyrians so mighty the, people yeah the calendar is like very central to worship for us oh, also yeah. so we have a i mean our, our calendar is very complex and it, i mean i've tried to understand it myself it's over my head and it's amazing people two three thousand years ago did it yeah and, and yeah so we have seven seasons actually to be honest with you we have eight seasons uh they're not they're not uh so there's seven seasons. Each one is, is seven weeks each, but that gets you to 49, 49. weeks. So, but we, we've got 52 weeks yeah, in the year. A few more. Uh, so there's a little bit of wiggle room. We have the season of Moses, which is four weeks. Oh, we can have wow. up, up to four weeks. It changes every year. Um, so, uh, but you know, seven, that, that special number, seven, seven sacraments. Three, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, seven seasons, seven weeks each is like the perfect number. Uh, so, and that's, that, and Lent is one of those seasons. Uh, and, you know, really our, our calendar is, I, you could do a whole episode on, on just the calendar. You know, we have, it's really complex. You go to the Latin Rite, they have like 30 weeks of ordinary time. You know, that's like- We don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that. We have every, each season is prescribed a certain way and it kind of t walks you through the gospels and the life of Jesus and and uh, the apostles and, and uh, uh, um, you know, the, the evangelization of the world and everything like that. So um, it's it's really a beautiful aspect of, of yeah. walking through the through the church to the church's tradition, and th this is one of them the the Lenten tradition. Something also different that we do in the Chaldean Rite is our approach to Lent. Yeah. So exactly. I just learned this recently because I mean myself, like maybe similar to you as well. We grew up in the Latin Rite Church all the time. Yeah. Like you know, I went to Catholic schools growing up, so I remember getting the ashes on Ash Wednesday, going yeah. to stations of the cross all the time, yeah. and just you know being that somber. You know, it's feel because it's during Lent and get to be, you know, more quiet and relaxed. And then I, growing up, I learned that in the Chaldean, right? 
it's more of a joyful season. Yeah, exactly. It's right? more and how we celebrate. Yeah, exactly. More joyful and more more kind of focused on on us turning towards God. Our internal transformation, exactly. right? Yeah. Our conversion, our, our turning to God and and through our prayer, fasting. And of course, you know, there's an aspect of sorrow and, and suffering where that comes with fasting. Uh, but it's more about strength and and being strong and and looking uh, forward to what's going to happen exactly. at the end of this lentil season, exactly. which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And you know, and that's why that's why in our churches, uh, traditionally, uh, our churches don't have the body. And this is like this is the tradition. I mean, of course, people uh, we practice it a little different today. But our churches traditionally, like in, you go to Holy Martyrs, there's no body on the cross there. Uh, and even the word cross, sliwa, uh, we say it means cross, but really sliwa means the crucified one, the one wow. who was crucified. Okay. But he's not the crucified one. He's the resurrected, the one. resurrected one. And you look at all the crosses. And you know, also our, our church um, maybe has to do with Islam, which forbids images. Uh, so maybe our church picked up a little bit of that, that we were not allowed to, to draw images because it's forbidden. Uh, you look at all the drawings in our, our church's tradition going back thousands of years, the, the one image that continuously survives is the image of the cross. And it's always a glorified cross. It's not just like a, like a plus sign cross. It's, it's a cross, you know, with, with the with, rays. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Leaves and lights and, and right. incense. Uh, uh, it's a glorified cross. And, and, and that's why we don't have the body of Christ on it because we're celebrating his resurrection. So we not mourning his, yeah, not mourning his death. So it has, yeah, wow. I mean, there's a different that's, approach that's a, to that's it. That's a good correlation. I, I yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, like I was just mentioning Holy Martyrs, you see that cross on behind the altar, that cross actually comes from, it's actually a very ancient cross that was discovered in China that had, you know, Aramaic writing on it. So wow. from, from very early time, our church was, and, and in fact, our church was called, our religion in China back in the 8th, 9th, 10th century was called the religion of light. Um, and and uh, this cross, that, that, that image was, was on there. And, uh, and you know, it, it's just, just sort of like a way our church, our church sort of glorifies the cross. And obviously the Feast of the Cross in September is, is a big deal for us too, because, because really it was the only image that we were allowed to... I love it. Uh, ...allowed to have. So again, going back to Lent, you know, the, our, despite the suffering and the, and the focus on the passion and death of Christ, our religion, like you said, is a, uh, our tradition is more of a forward-looking uh, tradition Correct. towards the resurrection. And again, I love both ways, but growing up now and realizing more and more things, I actually prefer the, um, the more joyful yeah. approach because, again, Jesus wanted us to be this way, but yeah. it teaches us to look forward to what the end result is, right? Exactly, yeah. And that is the resurrection. Something awesome, too, that we do in the Chaldean Rite, our first week, our middle week, and our last week, we traditionally fast from meat yeah. the whole week. The whole week, yeah. It's sort of like a like a what we what we call baautha, yeah, right? exactly. And our baautha is like our three day fast we do actually before Lent yeah, that we do, Lent, yeah. right? But this is more like a similar similar feel to it, where you you give up meat for that entire week, yeah, correct. So that's like a very traditional, and, and I'm not really I can't really speak to why, but you know, in the church's prayer prayers of the church, um, they specifically prescribe the first week of Lent, the third week of Lent, and the last week of Lent. Uh, prayers for those, those that each day of those weeks. Um, and, uh, 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 it's just, uh, just kind of a way to kind of get you back, back focused on, on what, what's going on and, and, and breaking up the season that way. Um, it's, it's amazing. So 
before this, we were talking about a few uh, of the Chaldean prayers that you had mentioned yeah. that we do specifically during the Lentil season. Yeah. So uh, our our church, uh, you know, a lot of these are just recently getting translated, which is like amazing to see and to hear for the first time in English and the language yeah. we can understand. I was having the exact conversation the other day with Father Matthew, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what's nice about our church, you know, we go to church now and thank God we can go to church in a language we can understand. Um uh, but we're, I know the church is working on, on what they call, they call them propers. So every, every week, you know, right now when you go to church, the only thing that changes is the readings. Mm -hmm. So it can be a little redundant. Um, one thing I have it all memorized. I know, exactly. I, okay, I, I know. So, uh, one thing that they're trying to do is start, start translating the propers. So really our church, it's not just supposed to be just the readings, you know, like for instance, yeah. that prayer, but when they prepare the altar, that's only that's one prayer from I think the first Sunday of Advent. It's supposed to change every, every week. Season or yeah, every week. Or every every, week, every week. Yeah. Oh wow. So there are prayers for every week that that correspond to the reading for that day, that correspond to the season. So it gives a little bit of richness to the to the um, to the mass to the mass that we kind of miss a little bit because all we're getting you know is is the readings. You know, I'm not saying all we're getting, but. Uh, you know, it makes it, it makes it a little redundant. And that's one of the nice things about when you go to the Latin mass, you know, there's a lot each, more variety yeah, each week. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, there, there's, and I, I have like this from the fifth Sunday of Lent, which is, which has been translated. And I, and from what I understand, I was talking to Father Matthew also, uh, the church is going to try to incorporate some of these prayers each week so that there's a little bit more variety. I look forward to it. It's amazing. Yeah. So like the fifth Sunday of Lent, uh, um, what are these prayers from where? The church, the church has this prayer um, in the mass that they'll they'll say, "The whole span of my life disperses and vanishes vainly in the confusion of the vanities of this world, and because I have not even desired for a single hour to prepare myself for tackling, for the tackling work in the spiritual vineyard, I do not expect to receive the wage prepared for the just, but." For the hidden wounds of my sins, I ask forgiveness from you, unworthy though I am. And because of this, before I stand before your frightful judgment seat, and am found guilty of my crimes by your just judgment, say the word, and I will be healed by your mercies. O lover of mankind, glory to you. Amen. So really beautiful prayers. Beautiful prayers yeah, we have. I, I that really, we've really missed, you know, yeah. for our whole lives. So it's, it'll be nice to kind of see some of these prayers, uh, um, you know, in, when we start attending Mass, you know, in the future. Hopefully, hopefully sooner, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so earlier we were talking about how uh, we as Chaldean Catholics do Holy Week a little different. Yeah, it's it's a lot more intense. Yeah, right. A lot more activities and things to do. So, uh, you and I were talking about this earlier. How you said Palm Sunday, you mentioned this earlier, is very heavily observed yeah, so by our by our faith. Exactly. So Palm Sunday. I mean, I mean, it's probably the busiest day that. You, I mean, maybe Easter is busier, but. Uh, Palm Sunday is so busy for yeah. us, and it's it's not just because like oh Chaldeans love Palm Sunday, but it, it truly is. I have one in my car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's truly a, a, a there's a really a richness to it. You know, we, we're all coming to the church together. It's you know we just spent six weeks uh, uh, you know mournful sort of, and and here we come on this Sunday. Oftentimes it's springtime and it's starting to get it's warm like out. Super Bowl, the Catholic yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah, I swear. It's and and, and uh, it's just you know, and you can look at the musical history of the church. Uh, uh, musical tradition of the church. I'm How sorry. many different songs? How there's so many, so yeah. many songs for Palm Sunday, and it's one Sunday. How many songs are you going to fit in an hour? Right. You know. Um, so uh, and and you know, in our, in our our tradition, 
Uh, it's actually Oshana, we call it. It's actually the olive branches. Olive branches. Yeah, so for, for us, we kind of focus more on the olive branches and, you know, the symbolism that olives have of peace and, and, uh, and that. And, we're, and we're remembering the time when Jesus, obviously, Palm Sundays, exactly. Jesus entering into Jerusalem, Jerusalem yeah. and it was more of a joyful, yes, right, yeah, yeah. time. But that's a, that's an awesome tradition we do, and I'm I, I know growing up or even every Palm Sunday obviously, but not obviously recent, but uh, go proceeding, uh, you know, doing the procession all over the parking yeah. lot of the church, and everyone following the priest and doing the songs and the prayers. Exactly. It's actually, you said it's a, it's a, it's actually amazing to, to yeah. see. And if you've ever been to uh, Mar a Day at Oak Park, they yeah. bring a donkey in. Oh, for real? They, <laughs> yeah. they bring a donkey in? Yeah, well, last time I was there for Palm Sunday, they do that. Wow. I don't know if they still do that. Amazing. <laughs> a little theatrical, but I like it. <laughs> so something uh, uh, different as well is even the names or the, the, the way we um, you know, label each uh, day of Holy Week. For example, if you grew up in the Latin Rite, or you, you know it as Holy Thursday, yeah. or Good Friday, yeah. or Holy Saturday, yeah. right? And the Chaldean uh, Rite, we refer to Holy Thursday as Passover Thursday. Yeah. And we refer to Good Friday as Passion Friday. And Saturday as Saturday of Light. And I wish I knew how to say them again in Chaldean. Yeah. My wife and I were just saying them right now. And it sounds so much better in Chaldean to yeah. me. But so something cool about why we label it Passover Thursday. And you and I were just talking about this, yeah. right? And I was telling you, I, I like the comparison of even the name itself, Passover Thursday. Yeah. And if you go back to the Old Testament, and when the Israelites, when when, Mo, when Moses told the Israelites the exact instructions on how to let the uh, the angel of death, right, pass over them. Exactly. Hence the Passover, yeah. right? Which obviously is what Jesus was celebrating during the Last Supper. Exactly. On Thursday, Passover, right? Yeah. On Passover. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's beautiful, the correlation between the two, right? And it's just Jesus was actually showing the Israelites during that time what was to come. Ready? Let's go do the comparison really quick. You got to get a male lamb, unblemished, no bones can be broken, mm -hmm. right? After you smear the blood of the lamb on the wood, right, you have to um, eat the blood or, or eat the eat the, 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 whole, the whole thing, eat yeah. the body of the lamb, right? Now let's look forward, right? Jesus Christ, male, yeah. no bones were broken. His blood was smeared on the cross, on the wood. And what do we do as, as Catholics? We eat his body. Exactly. And that's the only way that we, as Catholics, can have death pass over us. And death symbolizing eternal death right. and going to heaven, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. And you know, on, on uh, that Holy Thursday is also such a deep and somber, uh, you know, it's the Last Supper. Uh, so the, just the, the, the context of it, you know, Jesus is going to be uh, betrayed, and he's going to be uh, taken to jail, um, captured. Um, uh, it's also the day, you know, the, the day he institutes the Eucharist. Uh, and it's the day for clergy, for priests and bishops, it's the day that, that the priesthood is, is uh, instituted. So, uh, so it's the feast day for priests. Yes. So the, the Passover Thursday is, is really, you know, the feast commemorating clergy, priests, bishops. Uh, um, I remember next time, so I'll be, hey, man, yeah. congratulations. Happy, yeah. you know, happy feast day. And it really, it really is. I mean, and, and you know, when you, it's also, I mean, it's the day you watch the priest get on his knees and wash the feet of 12 yeah. people. I mean, it's really, it's really moving, really. I mean, to be honest with you. And that's something that we do in our, in our, in our, in our right. Exactly. I, I remember, I remember being what? 
12, 13 years old. Yeah. I remember Bishop Brahim, right? Yeah. I love that guy. He he actually knelt in front of all of us. He washed our feet. I think he even kisses them. Yeah. And then he gave us a Bible and then he gave us all this. Then like, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I remember, I don't even know. Yeah, you don't even know at that age what's going on. I don't even know what's going on. on. I know. But the beauty of that, yeah. it's, it's like the humbling. Like, in order to lead, you must serve. Exactly. Right? And Jesus yeah. said, I didn't come here. Yeah. To, I came here to serve, right? Yeah. And it's you amazing. know, liturgically on that day, the the Chaldean Church has so when when we talk about the Eucharistic prayers, so the prayer these are the prayers that that the priest says over the bread and wine that uh, like we say the the uh, what do you call it the anaphora the how do you say it in English the affirmation no <laughs> the the Eucharistic prayer of Ede and Mari. Oh, yes. So um, uh, there's actually three Eucharistic prayers in the Chaldean tradition. We, we're celebrating one, Ede and Mari, and it's the oldest one. And a lot of people say it's actually the oldest one in the whole Catholic Church. I Didn't Pope John Paul actually say that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the oldest prayers in the whole Catholic yeah, Church. Yeah, and continuously used till today. So, I mean, you Amazing. can... Yeah, it, it is. And really, I mean, it tells you how far back th- these prayers go. But there's another prayer. It's, there's a, so there's that Eucharistic prayer, and there's two others, and they get used. Uh, the second one gets used at certain seasons of the year, but the third one gets only used five times a year, and it's very, very elaborate. Very, it's long, um, and but it's very beautiful. Beautiful uh, intonations and and uh, chanting that goes with it, and that Eucharistic prayer gets said on Holy Thursday, um, and they. I mean, it's attributed to Mar, not Mar. It's attributed to Nestorius, so we don't call it uh, the Eucharistic prayer of Nestorius because he's a heretic. Correct. Uh, but we call it the third Eucharistic prayer, and it's the same Eucharistic prayer that the Assyrian Church uh, uses, um, and it's just a very, very beautiful uh, uh, prayer prayer over the Eucharist uh, um, that that gets said on this day. So it's just kind of the the solemnity of this day of washing of the feet and the institution of the priesthood and the Eucharist. And and this this prayer that that gets said over them uh, on this day. And this is the day that we technically um, sit in the church all night. Yes. In like respect to say like because that's the day Jesus went to jail. Yeah. Right. Technically. Yeah. Right. So on it's Thursday. when when Judas betrays him and he's captured Jesus and and, and he's, we stay with him all yeah, night. Yeah. I remember growing up uh, when I was like maybe in high school or. Yeah, yeah, high school. Uh, my friends and I would take our pillows and blankets and we yeah. would go and sleep in there. And then there would be some couple old ladies that were praying all, all night in the church and we would just fall asleep I think in the they're church. still there, actually. They're probably still there, right? Yeah. But I remember doing that at, at young. But see, when we were younger, you didn't realize the the meaning behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful because so staying in the church overnight, like that, it's like you're saying with Jesus, I'm here with you. Mm. I'm, I'll, I'll stay the night with you. Exactly. I'll, I will not leave you. Like the 12 apostles yeah. left him. We, we will not leave you. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think it's something very beautiful that we do in our church. Yeah, yeah. So moving forward, uh, Passion Friday. Yeah, now, so we call a Good Friday Passion Friday. Passion Friday. Passion means uh, it's it means suffering. He the, died the on Friday. Yeah, exactly. So it's the, it's the day of Jesus' suffering where he does the way of the right. cross, and he's he's uh, killed on a Friday. Um, so there's no there's this is the only day of the year the church does not allow the celebration of Mass. So there's no no Eucharist on Friday. Uh, and and on that day, the the Eucharist that we reserve, even in the tabernacle, we remove it from from the tabernacle and move it to you know another place in the oh, church. Okay. Yeah, that's not not in the church. And, and everything is covered in black. everything's covered in black. So it's supposed to be a way that like deadens your senses. You know, you have the vinegar 
uh, you walk into the church on Good Friday, Passion Friday, uh, and there's the body of Christ laid laid near the altar. You walk up, it's sad. Um, everything statue form, a statue, not, yeah, not the actual right, body of yes, Christ. yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, you know all the all the images are covered. So it's a way to kind of like blunt our sensory sort and of. You drink the vinegar and you drink the suffering exactly, with yeah. And that's something I think is very beautiful that you can uh, in the Chaldean right, you can visit the Chaldean churches on on that night. On, on Passion Friday, you can visit any Chaldean church yeah. and you'll have a line out the door of people coming in yeah. just to see Jesus, honor him, kiss him, and drink the vinegar and then sit, do a prayer in mm-hmm. mourning with him because he, he passed. It's like, you know, like how we do like our wakes now, right? We'll exactly. sit and, and we'll mourn with each other. Exactly. And, and, then, and then you look forward to what's going to happen, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so our, our, our next day, obviously, is... Um, Saturday of light, right? Yeah, so we call uh, Holy Saturday, we call it Saturday of light. And uh, um, this is the day, this is kind of a weird, a weird day. You were saying because it's very short, right? Yeah, it's short. In the, so, in, in the way it is. Yeah. Way. So good point. You know, our, our church, you got to remember, our church originated in the East and has very Hebrew, Traditional things. Yeah, that has very Hebrew roots. So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of Jews from Israel because of the Babylonian exile, because of the Assyrian mm-hmm. exile, they were taken from, uh, from their land in, in Judea. Judea and brought to Babylon, brought mm-hmm. to Assyria. So when Christianity came to our part of the world, obviously the first people that responded to Christianity were probably these Jews that lived there yeah. because, you know, okay, this is very familiar to me. All this stuff, this, this guy's oh, preaching. Guy is Jesus. Yeah. yeah, this is all that fulfills all the prophecies, uh-huh. whatever. This is something familiar to them. So the first people that adopted Christianity in, in uh, Mesopotamia are in our, our region, yeah. In our region are, are the Jews. Um, and, and, uh, and you know, you got to remember our region is so deeply ingrained in the history of Judaism. So you go all over Iraq today and there are tombs to so many uh, Old Testament prophets. There's tomb to Ezekiel there, tomb to Nahum, tomb to Daniel, tomb to Jonah. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other ones. Uh, because all these events happened in During Babylon. Exile, yeah, yeah, most of, most a lot of the Bible, uh, I mean, the Jews were not in Israel for a lot of it. They were in mm-hmm. Egypt, they were in Babylon, they were in yeah. Assyria. In the desert. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, a lot of their history happens in, in the region where we're from. And so our church picks up a lot of that a lot of that tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we celebrate uh, feast days, or I mean, uh, not even feast days, every single day of the year, we celebrate as a Jew that our our uh, day begins at sundown. And that's it why- It at sunset. Yes, exactly. So, and that's why, uh, um, that's why, uh, what's it called? Saturday of light. Yeah, that, well, that's why Easter Sunday, why we celebrate it, uh, at night, at night on, on, on Saturday, Saturday night, Saturday Saturday night. night yeah. because technically it's Sunday. Even even other days of the year, when you're still doing evening prayer on a Tuesday, you're doing you're doing it oh, on you Monday. Mean, night. You mean in our Chaldean book? In, in our, our Chaldean, night. yeah, prayer book. Prayer book. Yeah, uh, the the way the proper way to do it, the Tuesday evening prayer is said on Monday Monday evening. Yeah. So it's it's uh, you know it's just telling you that this is this, this is the next day. Yeah, this is the next day, and this is a sort of we borrow this from the Jewish tradition, um, and one of the things. Uh, that we, one of the prayers that we say, you know, uh, it's kind of odd in the Bible. It says when Jesus, uh, uh, when he resurrected, all, all the uh, 
the prophets and, and all these people from the, from, from the dead came came up from the dead and they walked and they roamed the earth and and everyone saw them. It's kind of like, kind of a strange passage. Um, and we have even in our prayers, and I'm trying to find it right now, and I can't find it all of a sudden. Uh, but even in our our prayers of the church, we have we have a prayer that said uh, uh, on that on that day. Uh, and it goes through each prophet of the Old Testament. It's a very, it's a long prayer. It goes through all the. the oh wait, do you have it? Oh yeah. awake, oh, wait. yeah, yeah. I have okay, it. yeah. If you want to say some, that's what I was looking I for. Yeah, I yeah. Have it. Um, I actually love that prayer. Yeah, it's very. I just learned it a couple oh, okay, of days ago. Yeah. I, I fell in love with it. Yeah, so it's very, very unique. Like it's like Jesus going in and and uh, announce like the church going in and announcing to all the prophets that everything you're pointing to. Yeah, yeah from Adam. Yeah, exactly. About, and and it, so it doesn't start this way, but where it starts talking about how the prophets. So I'll read a few. Yeah, lines. go for it. Yeah. So. Awake, it's called awake, yeah. right? Awake, O Adam, and see the only begotten Son who suffered like a sinner at the hands of sinful people. Awake and arise, O cheated Abel, killed by the unjust brother, and see the Savior of the world who dies for the life of the world. And it keeps going on to other ones. And it goes into like, for example, awake, O Abraham, and see the Son who was shown to you in Revelation. For today, he was hung on a piece of wood like that mystery that was revealed to you. And what's so beautiful about this prayer, and it keeps going on and yeah. on with Moses and Jonah mm-hmm. and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and every one of them. It goes exactly. all the way down. I think the last one, and I don't even see the last, but there's a whole bunch of them. And it just keeps on going on. It, it goes through every Old Testament prophet that it, was pointing to Jesus. Exactly. And, how he fulfilled what, what, exactly. what, what he was showing them at the time. Yeah. It's so beautiful yes. and so ancient. And something I actually learned too about this, and it's a, it's a somewhat more of a traditional thing that we say, um, it's a prayer that we do in our mass every Sunday. It's called the La Humaran, mm-hmm. right? And it's actually, it's, it's a prayer that was done by, um, I, I forgot what century, what, maybe fifth century, I could be wrong, yeah. but where they're, they, the, the, the religious uh, uh clergy during that time were, were actually being persecuted being Christian, and they were yeah. martyred and on their way to being martyred, martyred yeah. they sang the La Juan. but we say we say in our tradition that when Adam rose from the dead he sang the song of the, he sang the La Humaran because mm. he was so joyful and the actual words to the La Humaran go like this in, in obviously in English uh, to you Lord of all our thanksgiving and to you Jesus Christ we praise you are the giver of life to our bodies and the savior of our souls. So if you're saying that, you're like, wait a minute, I see this every Sunday. Yes, yeah. that's called the La Humara. Yeah. Right? And it's so beautiful. So, And something that we, we, we were talking about earlier, something also with, with, with the Chaldean rite, uh, is, is the tone. Mm-hmm. You were saying that, you know, we sing the hymns, right, during yeah. different seasons. The, the, we use the same tone on Christmas and on Easter. So yeah. Just to show you that they're both joyful times exactly. in our church. Yeah. And you know, um, it, it is very beautiful. And there's a there's a, actually a prayer we say. It's called uh, uh, Oganana. I don't know if you've heard of it. it it's it's a I've song, it. uh, um, but it's a song of uh, Mary Magdalene going to the garden and seeing the gardener. Oh wow! And oh, uh, you sent it to me today. Oh yeah, I did send yeah. it to you. Yeah, it's actually very 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 nice. Very pretty. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and uh, Father Benny in Georgia had has a beautiful choir. Okay. Um, and uh, they sang it beautifully. So uh, it's it basically Mary, Mary Magdalene going to the, just like in the scriptures, goes to the garden, sees the gardener, ask where, you know, Jesus is not in the tomb, asking where he is, who took his body, and then realizing that that it's Jesus. Um, and this is one of our Chaldean hymns? Yes, this is oh, a wow. very unique, it's a uniquely Chaldean, Chaldean hymn. And, and so I translated it to English 
And that's the file I sent you. I don't know if you're able to incorporate it somehow into this podcast or something later on, but uh, really be- beautiful prayer. I did it with the St. Thomas Choir. I don't know if Omar, if you were involved with it at the, back then. Omar involved in everything. <laughs> but uh, but we did, uh, uh, it was just, it was all acapella. We practiced it a few times. Really, they did a beautiful job. I don't know, you were a singer too, man. You're I'm a not a singer, a singer no. <laughs> I don't sing, I just tell them what to do. <laughs> oh, okay. You're more like a you're organizer. You're an organizer. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we ha- we really have some beautiful traditions around this season. Yeah, I, and I they're love very rich. The more and more I learn about exactly. them, the more and more I love them. Yeah, music and and art and and uh, these kind of rituals kind of really sh- really shine a lot for for our church and our people uh, during this time. So, any last thoughts before I close on anything you want to mention regarding Lent? Or anything with our, with our traditions in the Chaldean, right? I think I think we said a lot I of think good we, things. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. We covered a lot of good ground. So, so my last thought on this. For, well, first off, Paul, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time, you know, to give your knowledge to our listeners, teaching me during this. I, I learned many things during this podcast right now. Uh, you know, it's it's important that whether you're Latin right, whether you're Eastern right, you know, because there's there's what 24, 23 different yeah. rites in the Eastern yeah. right. You know, whatever right you belong to, it's important to know the traditions of that right for that season that you're celebrating. Now, as a Chaldean Catholic, you know, we have all these amazing traditions and the way we pray and, and the way we, and it's important to be true to those things mm-hmm. and know them because it's part of who you are. Mm-hmm. For example, and, and now being knowing that how we celebrate Lent, you can now celebrate Lent with a more joyful attitude. And Use it to, how we say, transform us, right? So that way we will look forward to the resurrection of Christ and make it change you during this, Lent, uh, during this Lentil season. So I pray that all of you uh, have a wonderful uh, Lentil season, that your fasts are strong, your prayer is strong. And I, I really encourage you guys all, if you haven't looked into the uh, the consecration of, of St. Joseph, it's mm-hmm. actually very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn how powerful St. Joseph was in Jesus' life uh, and the things he gave up for Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I pray that everyone um, has a great Lent. I wish everybody, because by the time this comes out, we'll be closer to Easter, a happy Easter. Uh, and like I always close every podcast with, um, please go forth because you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you and God bless. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.